0: The antidote. The antidote. The antidote.
1: The antidote.
0: The antidote. The antidote. The antidote.
1: The antidote.
0: The antidote.
2: The antidote. The antidote.
0: The antidote. You're listening to the
2: antidote with Dave Hawkins. With Christian music that doesn't suck. I'm Dave Hawkins, and you've got the antidote. I don't usually start this show off on a sour note. But we've seen our world change in the past few weeks. Around our area, churches, rec centers, government offices, theaters, music venues, and most of the stores are closed. So I'd love to say that we have a fix for COVID-19, but obviously we don't. I've been taking those suggestions of keeping out of close contact with others, washing my hands thoroughly, and maxing out my daily vitamin C at 2,000 milligrams. But some people have just been strange. I mean, hoarding toilet paper. (laughs) I mean, what's that? We've also been seeing extremes in attitudes. I saw a tweet the other day that said, I went to church today. I did not shake hands. One friend actually became upset. Another joked that he had more faith than me. And one said, we know God will protect us. And he replied, don't do this to people. We're all doing the best we can with the information we have. And that tweet was absolutely right. I'm going to move away from this virus talk so we can have some fun. Hardly any band has more fun than the Christian parody band, Apologetics. And if you've never heard a parody song, we have the frontman of Apologetics, Jay Jackson, here to explain... But first, we'll give a listen to Midlife Confession. Jay Jackson, frontman of Apologetics, meets with The Antidote. Good to have you here, Jay.
3: Great to be here, Dave. Thank you.
2: I always like to start every talk with the same question. How and when did Apologetics begin?
3: Apologetics really got started in 1990.
2: So this is 30 years ago. Um, um, You are dating yourself now. You realize that.
3: Well, nobody else (laughs) would date me back when I was a kid, Dave. Thankfully, I finally found a lovely wife. But, uh, yes, we played our first
2: concert 28
3: years ago. That was our first concert as apologetics. But the guys in the band met in, um, 1990 at a Bible study. What happened was I used to sing in bar bands and garage bands. And after I became a born again Christian, I was quite content with just, I abandoned the idea of, of being in a band and, um, but I started writing these parodies that Apologetics does. I started writing them to entertain myself while I was learning to play the guitar. And then I also, um, I was learning all this stuff in the Bible, and I wanted a way to retain it. In the States here, we, we grew up with things like multiplication rock and grammar rock, and, and they were all things that would help you memorize things. And, and, you know, teachers have various things like that, too. I mean, we learn our alphabet. You know, the ABCs is, is to a melody, you know. And music's a great teacher, so I wanted to teach myself. I never thought, ah, oh, this this will have great appeal. It was mainly just to teach myself things. And uh, I eventually played them at a Bible study I attended, and some other musicians. One guitarist in particular said, "Hey, we should get together and jam." And we did, and we got some other musicians, and it was just something on the side. Uh, it wasn't anything I never had any intention of taking it to whatever the next level would be. But uh, people liked them when we played them at the Bible study. And the next thing you know, um, we've been getting together once a week for a couple years. And um, there was a Christian coffee house that had opened up in the area. And there was a news article sitting on my desk that one of my coworkers had there. It had a post it note that said play there. And I came over to him. And I said, We're not good enough. And he said, Who is? And so <laughs> we took our little demo tape out there in late February 1992. Uh, Took it to um, the lady who was the manager there. And there were two sides to the tape. And this is funny, Dave, because one side was just us playing a bunch of secular songs, you know, just jamming. And the other side was the parodies. And I was very clear about which side to play. And she played the wrong side. And she called me and said, I don't think this is suitable for us. I mean, we weren't singing anything foul, you know, but it was just like, I don't understand this Christian music. I said, which side did you play? So anyway, we played out there in uh, March, 1992. We didn't know if people would throw vegetables at us, or, yeah. but they loved it. And um, we invited all of our friends and family. They yeah, never, never have any guarantee that they're going to show up. But actually, they showed up. The regulars at the place showed up. The thing was a, a huge smash. The manager couldn't wait to get us back there. And within a few months, we were the house band there. And every time we play, somebody would say, hey, can you come here? And we played for free, and we played for three. I mean, we didn't care if there were just a few people in the audience. <laughs> there were a lot and we just took every opportunity and it just snowballed you know over the years it took a few years before we we were based out of pennsylvania near pittsburgh um, next thing you know we were playing you know in, in some of the surrounding states we did our first tour of the southern the united states in 96 and by the end of 2004 we played all 50 states played in canada and um
2: we just snowballed that's wild
0: I say God but...
2: it's pretty likely that you'll recognize the root of the original songs on tonight's playlist, like the Apologetics version of Pink Floyd with Kick the Wall. Let's hear more about the band and how you can change Motorhead into a Christian tune on Place of Grace. I don't want to turn this into a seminary class, but maybe you could explain what the word Apologetics means.
3: Sure. Basically, in the layman's terms, it's being able to explain why you believe what you believe or being able to explain about the reasons for something you're passionate about. I mean, somebody can be an apologist for for soccer, Um, but the word is basically the defense of the faith, and uh, the root word from it uh, appears about seven times in the New Testament. If you go to a seminary, you'll hear courses taught in apologetics, but basically the reason we picked it is because it's about explaining why you believe what you believe and we use music to do that. It's like the great theologian Mary Poppins once said, just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. <laughs> and so we use music to present what we're doing, and we use parodies. Find humor is just a great way to do it, because it lets people know, "Wow, oh, these guys, they're not sticks in the mud. You know, they have a sense of humor. We take the Bible very seriously. We just don't take ourselves very seriously.
2: <laughs> you know, maybe I should give you my take on apologetics.
3: Uh-oh, okay, I'm bracing myself.
2: I know that back in the 80s, Christian music was full of bands wanting to sound like mainstream artists. I guess it was just an easy way to make Christian music and the message acceptable to a non-believer. So I do get that idea. But you're taking popular music and adding a Christian message. How did that fly with people right at the start? You mentioned a little bit that that coffeehouse loved it.
3: You know what, Dave? Personally, if somebody had pitched the idea to me, and I just heard about it and not heard the band or seen the band. I would have said, "That's hokey! What the heck?" <laughs> <laughs> because because I do not want something cheesy. But uh, the people who actually heard us and saw us could see, oh wow, this is this is different than that. It's not just you know changing one word to a song, you know, like changing she loves you to he loves you and pointing up at the sky while you play it. Oh yeah. It, and in the same way. It's not just taking a melody, the Gilligan's Island theme, and singing Amazing Grace to it. It's taking an original song and making a parody that sounds very much like the original while saying something very different. Um, you know, we strive really hard to to make the syllable structure work. You know, everything. There's a humorous undercurrent to the irony of having a song like Motorhead, you know, Ace of Spades being called Place of Grace. Even though it sounds like Motorhead, it's saying something totally different. And people got that. I was really surprised. And I am thankful for all the Christian artists who came along before us, you know, your Randy Stonehills, your Larry Normans, your Petras, your Stripers, your Amy Grants, your DC Talks, because by the time they had kicked down the door, people were, were willing. I really thought people would be a lot more resistant to us. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't some people who think what we're doing is terrible, I saw saw a video (laughs) clip somebody sent me, and hey, we even got mentioned on a Jimmy Swaggart show. (laughs) Like I knew we'd made it then.
0: All the cheer and need—they've only got good deeds in the place of grace. The place of grace. place of grace In place of grace You know life's more than rules You can't believe those fools Go back and read Galatians baby.
2: I guess it's nice and well that you add your own lyrics to these songs, but the vocals and music that you guys are doing are a dead-on clone of the original. That's got to be a challenge.
3: Well, thank you very much. We have some really great musicians, and over the years, I think it's gotten better and better. When when I send people our stuff, I always say, start at the most recent and work your way backwards because um, I think we're doing our best stuff right now. God has just blessed us with a lot of really good musicians. And uh, thank you for the compliment about the vocals and stuff like that. It's just, there's certain things in life where you're doing it and you just feel like this is what I was born to be doing. I mean, doing apologetics, it combines things that that I've been doing all my life, but I never thought to combine them that way. I've been writing parodies long before I ever heard of Weird Al. I mean, I wasn't influenced by Weird Al so much as influenced by the same things that influenced Weird Al, Mad Magazine, as, as I read by... <laughs> autobiographical things with him, it's like, oh, he he was doing the same stuff I was doing. He was listening to American Talk 40, the countdowns, and saving the charts. He was reading Mad Magazine. That's exactly what I did. And, you know, and I used to sing at bar bands and garage bands. I never thought I'd get a chance to sing, get a chance to write parodies. I'm a writer. I was a journalism major. And I love the Bible. So I get to combine all these different things and humor. I tried my hand at stand-up comedy for a while, but we get to do them all. I just feel like God prepared us for
2: this. Well, you know what I'm curious about? Have you ever had the original artist comment on what you've done with their song?
3: I think we're probably like a gnat in the armpit of the original artist as far as in in size, as far as noticed, and as far as probably merit. I hear secondhand from a number of people. One of our friends says, I took your CD to a Kid Rock concert. He was he was introducing another band at the concert, and I played him a parody of uh, Cowboy, and and I said, "Oh, how do he react to that?" He said, "Well, he says there was a lot of swearing." <laughs> he said, "But a lot of laughing." And he said he liked it, and he said to me, "You're not getting this CD back." So you hear stories like that. So in general, the response has been positive, um, but I'm the kind of person who just automatically assumes oh, they probably hate us. I can't <laughs> help it. <laughs>
2: that for a clone of Aerosmith? Apologetics with Back in the Battle. I know a few Christians who love speaking Christianese, and that can leave some people out in the cold. So I decided to ask Jay about the term, Go Witness. You mentioned that you thought your current stuff is your best, so let's talk about a current song, Go Witness. That's something that Christians understand, but maybe I should have you explain it.
3: Oh, sure, sure. Um, most people, if they hear the word witness, they you know, you either think of in, in a court or in a religious sense, you think of a group called the Jehovah's Witnesses. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, you know, Jesus said to his disciples, he said, you are my witnesses, and he tells them that they should go out into the world and just bear witness to what they've seen. It's a vital part of the Christian faith you know a witness in a court will testify the things they've seen they're there like to testify to the veracity of something they say yeah this happened i saw it in the same way when somebody witnesses for jesus they can say yeah i know you've heard this on tv or i know you've read this or whatever but this is my personal experience that yes this really is what it says and and yes i've seen god do amazing things in my life peter says that he says you know he said that we should always be ready to give an answer for anybody who asks us the reason for the hope that we have within us. But do this with gentleness and respect. You know, we're not advocating that people go out and bash somebody over the head with the Bible. Go out there and, and share what's happened in your life and say, yes, this Jesus stuff is real. Hi, this is Jay Jackson from Apologetics, and you've caught the antidote.
2: With your music, I mean, who is it that you're singing these songs to? Are you getting a non-Christian audience, or are you getting Christians?
3: We get an audience of all sorts. I am amazed. Some of the people are people who grew up in the church. They've been Christians all their lives. Some are people who were not Christians. Some are people who were burned by Christianity. Uh, We did a parody of a, a song called Last Resort by Papa Roach, okay? It's not a Christian song, okay? The guys yeah. talk about cutting his life into pieces and he's contemplating suicide. Pretty negative song. So we wrote a parody on it. It's called Life Restored, and it's, instead of saying cut my life into pieces, it's plug my life into Jesus. Mainly when I rewrote it, I, I was just thinking, let's, let's turn this song on its head. Let's make it have a positive impact. Over the years, Dave, we have had people come up to us um, I had one guy who was Jewish uh, who came up to us and said, you know, that song changed my life. That's the song that introduced me to Jesus Christ. And this guy was serious about it. I mean, he went and had to go back to his family and tell them he made a commitment. We opened a show once with it, which is something we would rarely do. We'd say that for the last because it's such a loud song. And this girl, you know, talked to us the next day. She was in tears. And she said, I grew up in a family where my dad's a pastor, my mom's a church lady, and she did not mean it on a complimentary term. And she said, You know, I went to this concert last night. I was not expecting anything. And you opened up with one of my favorite songs, that parody of Last Resort. She said, I used to listen to that song and contemplate suicide. But you grabbed my attention with that. When you asked if anybody wanted to pray, that's Jesus. She said, I did that for the first time in my life. And we have some people played like out in L.A. at secular events where, you know, the Bud Light girls were on before we came on. I think our sense of humor disarms them we're pretty good at what we do, at replicating the music, and I think they can tell we're sincere, we're down to earth, we're, we're not holier than thou. That, that's, that's for sure.
2: Something interesting about apologetics, it's that you always include the reference in your songs to the actual scripture, or often do, but sometimes these are some obscure verses from the Bible, you know, I understand that Christians might pick up on some of them, but non-believers—would they even have any idea what you're talking about?
3: You know what, Dave? I I don't know whether they do or not, but when we started doing this, we didn't start out doing it because we thought it was a it would be a a good money-making scheme, and that's good because it isn't. But, <laughs> but <laughs> I, when I started writing these songs, it's it, it's so funny because because I was a journalism major. Okay? I would get excellent grades and writing and stuff, and I could write clever stuff. You know, I worked in public relations for ten years, but when I used to try and write mainstream stuff for my bar bands, garage bands, you know, songs that you think, oh, people are gonna like this. This is this is before I was ever in a Christian band. I could write clever stuff, but nothing I felt passionately about, and so nothing you know ever came of it. When I started writing these parodies, you know, I don't come in with any feeling that this is some dignified you know uh, <laughs> what we're doing when I started writing these parodies it was to teach myself to entertain myself and I have found over the years much to my surprise that people you know they'll get the humor Eugene Levy let's get some Canadian references in I loved FCTV. and I heard Eugene Levy one time he said you should always play to the top of your audience's intelligence level and, you know, some people will get it, some people won't. But it's so rewarding when they do get it. And and I, doggone it, I'm going to do this song. I'm going to get something out of this, because maybe nobody will ever hear this song. Um, there's an artist named Steve Taylor, who I'm sure you've heard of before, who, who made a statement on one of his songs once. He said, if your music's saying nothing, save it for the dentist chair. So I'm going to write about something that, that entertains me, and if it entertains you, that's great, if it edifies you. That's great. If not, I still got entertained and I still got edified. And, and because I'm a Christian, I believe that, that God's word has a life-changing power and, and that, that when I share it, you know, it's going to have an effect on people.
0: Plug my life into Jesus. This gets my life restored. Such a cakewalk, no-brainer. Don't need to fuss if I call I'll Savior. ya. Put my life into Jesus. i see my life restored, such a walk, no grief. Don't need the fuss since I called him my savior. Do not even care if I die later, cause I belong to Jesus Christ. If they took my life tonight, chances are I'd arrive in a place that's out of sight. And I'm confident I'm doing fine, cause I'm improving my life, renewing my mind. This all started with Romans 10-9 Doing what's right, doing quite fine This all started with Romans 10:9. 9 I never realized I was meant to live To live a new life if I would let him within Told me death is a payoff for living in sin End the cycle when you're born again it all started when I first discovered the book on the shelf and recovered the cover. Searching to find religion that held my attention. Finding something called Christian Redemption. Cause, Cause I'm of my life, renewing my mind. This all started with Rollers 10 9. Doing what's right, doing quite fine. This all started with
2: Life Restored, the Apologetics parody of the Papa Roach song. Jay and I get into more about the band's song creations, and we'll also hear his daughter's voice on Eve Looks Back. Well, you've certainly been an entertaining guy over the years because I read some stats on Apologetics, that you guys have recorded 670 parodies, and that you've been releasing four full-length albums every year over the past few years, like that seems almost impossible. So how do you manage to do it?
3: Well, it's helpful when somebody else writes the music, Dave. <laughs> but um, I've been doing it full time now for about twenty years. Now that doesn't mean I just, just get to sit on my butt all day and just uh, work on writing songs. And I got five kids, and you know, and, and there's a lot of administrative stuff that goes with a band, and and. With this day and age, lots of correspondence. I mean, talking with people from all over the world and stuff. Um, but I think God you know, enables us to do stuff. And these guys are just really good at what they do. Our team, you know, our, our drummer, Jimmy Vegas Tanner. He's also our, our sound engineer. He's really good at what he does. Our bass player, Keith Haney, is really good at what he does. We have a number of guitarists, so we can have guys working simultaneously on things. One of the nice things that now that we're more of a studio band we did so much touring over the years. We did about fifteen hundred concerts, and we could have done over two thousand by now. But over the last few years, we focused more on the studio, so if we can put out four because we're not touring. Now, some guys have had to stop touring because you know they got older or they needed to you know focus on this part of the family or whatever, they can contribute now. So I can bring in you know I can have th- three of our guitars over the years working on things. Sometimes I might have three different guitarists working on three different songs. So that helps too. But the same guy's drumming on every song, Jimmy um, Wayne is mixing on every song and you know, I'm singing on most of them. Like my daughter, Jana sings on a number of, uh, of our female rock songs and we have a few other people we know. It's, it's a great experience. I'm loving it. I Never a lot of things to, to talk about, Dave. When, when I got serious with God 30 years ago, before that, Every once in a while, I would turn on the radio to the Christian station, and I'd think, this would be so easy to just write Christian songs. <laughs> and then, then I became a born-again Christian, and I listened to the, to the station, and I thought, oh, this would be so hard. <laughs> and the truth is somewhere in the middle, where if you feel passionately about something, you can write about it, and thankfully now I... We have the skills, and we have the the skillful people to work with. Um, But I never run out of things to write about because I like the whole Bible. You know, I I used to just, you know, take people's word for it about, ah, the Bible's not true or blah, blah, blah. And I finally read it for myself in 1988 the whole way through, and I liked it so much, I read it again, and I liked it so much, I read it again. I never stopped, and and I've read it, I don't know, 50 times through over the years at least, and and, and parts, otherwise, but I'm talking cover to cover at least 50 times. And every time I read it, I find more stuff I want to talk about. And there's so much stuff in there that that we don't run out of things to talk about. So you're not going to hear just the same thing over and over again in our songs. You're going to hear really strange stories about people like Mephibosheth, you know, or we're working on a song now about a a king in the Bible uh, named King Uzziah. And, And I've never heard any songs about King Uzziah before. We're going to write one, okay? I want to think about it, and I think it's an interesting story. So, you know, let's see what what happens with it.
4: Took one look, took it down. Bite an apple and it turns to brown. And I saw my deception, and there's no cover here And last pride brought me down Oh, we weren't meant to die, but it's rough Can the child within me now rise
1: above?
4: Can I say things to change him, so he'll thrive Can I handle when I see him bust and cry?
2: Something you are hearing over and over again is that often the music is coming from 80s bands. Seriously now, is this just a way of reliving your youth?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, my life started in 1964, the year the Beatles hit America. And uh, the number one song the week I was born was uh, I Get Around by the Beach Boys. So I identify with the 60s because I lived part of those. The 70s were when I started growing up in grade school. I loved the 70s, and in the 70s, um, I first really started listening to the radio myself and not just what my sisters had in uh, the second half of the 70s. The 80s is when I was in the second half of my high school years and my college years. The 80s are enormously popular, Uh, even with kids today. It's just amazing. We, We do stuff from the 90s because... When we formed as a band, we knew all this 80s stuff up until whenever we became Christians then. But people kept saying, come play these youth groups. And we said, well, we better learn to speak the language. So we immersed ourselves in what was then the modern music of alternative and grunge. And I said, this is great stuff. I love this. Mm
1: -hmm. And then
3: rap was coming along simultaneously, and I liked rap. And so we actually liked all these different styles. And then we, we kept going. You know, as it went into the 2000s, and, and so we were doing Eminem, and we were doing Suit Fighters, and we were doing, you know, CeeLo Green, etc. It's not just reliving the youth. It's it's like, this is. This is your life. I mean, all I, thought, I like all this kind of music. I still do. I like Broadway, too, but uh, I don't think we're going to be doing any of this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, there's more age related stuff comes up on one of your new albums, Prehysterical from Apologetics, because it has the songs... Trilobite love, and you're all like troglodytes. So those are prehistoric. So I'm still yeah. getting that age uncomfortableness coming through.
3: <laughs> those are pretty historic. Now, that's not even from your youth days. <laughs> trilobites. But trilobites actually are of my youth because when I was a kid, I wanted to be a paleontologist. And one of my proudest moments as a kid, because we used to go... Um, Pennsylvania has a number of mines and stuff in it, and near my house, there was an old strip mine, and we used to go look for fossils there, and one of my proudest moments was when I found a fossil that had trilobites in it, and I just, this is incredible. So, uh, so yeah, you talk about age references, that's that's getting up there. (laughs)
2: Trilobite Love by Apologetics. And go ahead and check the net for info on Trilobites because I had to. You know, I really do love airing these full-length features on an artist, but that also means a lot of new music ends up being pushed off the Antidotes playlist. I'm going to make up for that next week as I bring in a diverse selection of new singles. Folk, punk, hip-hop, metal, rock, prog, Just about everything you could think of. But there won't be any parody songs. We're going to leave that to Apologetics. Here's Jay to close up the antidote with a key song for the band. Enjoy this and keep well. I think that Apologetics might have summed up your music best with a parody of a grand funk song when you released We're in a Parody Band. The final line of the song says, Will this hilarity ever end? What's the answer? Well, literally
3: only God knows. Um, you know, people say, Well what's your plan for the future? What do you got this? You know what? When we played our first concert in nineteen ninety two, I didn't know if that would be our last concert. And when we put out a new single, I never know, Well this gonna be our last single? I'd like to keep going for as long as God allows us to do it. Um but, um, you know, I, I have no idea. I never would have dreamed that we'd be around to, you know, to do almost 700 songs. And we still have plenty of ideas. And we still have uh, plenty of people willing to participate in the ideas. As long as uh, the Lord allows, we, we, we plan to keep doing it. And whether it's hilarious or not, in, hilarity is in the eye of the beholder. But <laughs> thankfully, up until now, there's enough people out there who think it's hilarious. God uses them to keep us going.
2: You know, before we go, I should have you tell us where to find your music and, I guess, most importantly, how to spell apologetics.
3: You know, we have a weekly radio show that originates out of Kansas. And the whole name of the show, it was ingeniously named by the, the station manager out in Kansas, and it's called Apologetics with an X. And that says it all about how you spell this name, because the true word apologetics has a CS on the end, ours has an X on the end. You can find our music on iTunes. You can find it on Amazon MP3, Google, YouTube. There's a zillion videos that, that fans have made. Just keep in mind that most of the videos on there, you know, we didn't make them. Some people make some pretty good ones. But uh, don't blame us for that. We did make the audio recordings. But um, you can find our stuff all over the place. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. we got our own website, apologetics.com. Just remember, like the name of the radio show, it's apologetics
2: with an X. okay jay thanks for joining the antidote for this talk about apologetics with an x it's been good having you
3: thank you it's been great being had thank you jay